is going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 13 of Drop the Mids Hockey Podcast, brought to you in partnership with Primetime Productions. We are we are with the Empty Netters boys. Unbelievable. I can't believe that we even, you know, got these boys on. Um, honestly, thank you guys so much for coming on. Uh, means means the world to us. Uh, how you boys doing? We're great, dude. We're fired up to be here. I, uh, I I was talking to these two earlier about the jerseys they got hanging behind them, and I just noticed the Pooh Bear behind Chris, and I'm absolutely yeah. revved up to see it. So I'm even more buzzing than I was before. Yeah, very, very respectfully, but we're very respectfully <laughs> buzzing to be here. <laughs> Man, I, I know I'm going to get chirped the entire time. Shit, <laughs> but, uh, man bringing up bringing up the Bruins old jerseys like what are you guys thinking about the old uh the new release of the jerseys what are your first thoughts about the uh like all of them man the alternate the home away tell me what you guys think Dude, of them alternate I th- it's so sick Mikey I think all three are absolute gas I mean the white one is the happy Gilmore jersey yeah. the blacks look so <laughs> fire makes me think of the Cam Neely days and then I feel like anyone that got that first tweet of just the jerseys. Some people were like, Oh, there's too many stripes on the arm, which there is. There's yeah. like one too many set of stripes on the sleeve. But today, I think the Bruins dropped a photo of pasta in the blacks, and it's the sexiest thing I've ever seen. Is it on their IG? Yes. It's, Yo, it's I think there. they are so fire with the B at center ice at the garden, too. It's just all it's all coming together real, real nice for an elegant looking centennial season. Yeah, well, it's funny that you say that, too, because when they first initially leaked those photos of the jerseys on, like, the hangers and stuff, I was one of those people. I was like, oh, man, like, this is kind of underwhelming. Like, there's way too many stripes. There's one shoulder patch. Like, it kind of looks weird. But then you see, obviously, like, them fully wearing it with the gloves, the pads and everything. You see the videos of them walking out of the rink with them on. It's like, okay, like, every day I'm like, these are so nice. They just get nicer and nicer every day. 100% 100% man when 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 you you always got to let the the boys put on the sweater before you judge it it looks way better in full uniform so true yeah uh I'm a huge vintage guy like I love when I love the throwbacks I love all that shit so this was always going to be right up my alley so I think they're fantastic I haven't come around yet to the one shoulder patch I do think yeah. the one shoulder patch is weird <laughs> like it's on so the pants weird. too you know, like that logo, that Centennial logo is on the pants and it looks sick on the pants. Yeah. But the one shoulder patch, I, maybe I'll get there. But no, no, right now odd. I'm like, mm. it's odd. <laughs> that's my only yeah. note. Yeah, I, I was talking to Mikey about it and I'm like, man, when they when it first came around, it was that initial leak where I was like, ah, I don't really know. And then obviously, like, it's a leak. So I, I, I initially I was like, let's give it some time. Like, let's let's pump the brakes here. Like, I know everyone's fucking like obviously so fired up about it and i'm like let's give it some time let's give till opening night when they're wearing these like black jerseys that are on i i just feel like they're going to be unbelievable opening night like with the gold i i I just i'm so fired up about them well yeah when you see luch you know dropping the gloves dropping the mitts game one and those jerseys come on that's that's a way to set the tone for the season yeah you know he's gonna too (laughs) i said to dan he's gotta (laughs) i you know there's part of me that's like no man go out do your thing play your game but you know that his game is like, I've got to drop the mitts immediately yeah. on this first night. It's a no-brainer. I told so, Dan I hope he fights Bedard first period. Yeah, was, <laughs> well, it's funny, it's funny that you guys say that because um, on our on one of our other shows, Something's Brewing, it just focuses solely on, uh, obviously, the Boston Bruins. 
we had a DM question come in and it was over under three games for Lucic to get in his first fight. And it was the quickest under. under. I, mean, <laughs> I, thought, was, nah. I thought I was going to say three periods, dude. I was like, then we're, now, it's, now it's a conversation. Smash that. Yeah. But, but that brings up a fun thing. I, I think it's pretty awesome that the uh, opening night for the Bees is, you know, an original six matchup against Chicago. It's going to be Bedard's first game. That's amazing. It's the centennial season. You're playing the Blackhawks. That's awesome. Lucic is back. That's awesome. But the added thing of Halsey and Felino being on the Blackhawks, facing off against the Bees, like they get their homecoming right yeah. off the bat. There's just a lot of cool storylines in that game. So it's going to be one of the best opening nights to remember in a long time. Agree. Yeah. For yeah, sure. we that, that Jersey matchup too. Yeah. Oh, oh, you can't beat it. <laughs> Fireworks. <laughs> We yeah. were looking that we were looking down the line after that question. Obviously, like with Chicago being opening night, they have Nashville the next game. We were looking at potential matchups uh, as far as like Lucic dropping the mitts, and we're looking at you know Chicago. They got like uh, Kyra, who obviously has been known to like fucking you know drop the mitts. Obviously, and uh, who's the other guy? He, former Bruin, dude, Mikey, Nick Foligno. Nick Foligno, yeah, exactly, dude. Like, you know, you know how I think it's gotta be is Corey Perry. Yes, yes. That's what I, that's <laughs> what I said. And Mikey, Mikey literally thought he goes, Perry doesn't have the fucking balls to drop him with my uh, with Luch. And it's Luch would be good. Luch knows like off of Perry. He would. He would beat the brakes off of Perry. Yeah, there's no doubt. That said, I think with the exception of Delorier, Revo. And maybe one other guy. I think Luch would beat the brakes off of anyone in the yeah. league. Yeah. Right per- Perry's, Perry's more uh Perry's more behind the play after the whistle type yeah. type yeah. 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 than in than center stage, center, center ice. You gotta be a fucking lunatic to drop him with uh with Luch, dude. Like yeah. <laughs> like I'm all set. Like agree. And, it's a uh, hard pass. Yeah, again, man, we're we're so grateful to have you guys on. And um, you know, we, we wanted to ask you a bit about uh you know, how the podcast came about and how you guys started out. Um, obviously, you guys are New England boys, which is, you know, which is awesome. Um, we wanted to know what gave you guys what gave you guys the idea to, to start Empty Netters? Like what what kind of came about? What what gave you the inspiration to start up? Uh, OK, I'll t- I'll start. So actually, I don't know how far back we want to go, but uh, we're from New England, uh, grew up most of our lives in Maine getting out of college and everything we had some uh job opportunities in la so we did the thing dude packed up the car in in york maine and bombed all the way to los angeles and i would love to tell you that we we took two weeks and did the pancake tour of america and saw all the great sites but because we were young and moronic we were like we gotta get there right now and just like 16 hour drive days like bomb to la in what four days or something and it was so ass man because everywhere you know we're broke as shit when we did this so everywhere we stopped we stopped with friends that we had made along the way from prep school or college so we went from maine to new york stayed with our buddy and we get to new york and he was like dude this is amazing. You guys are moving across the country. We got to rip it up. So we go out until 4 a.m. and then wake up at 6 a.m. to drive to Ohio. We get to Ohio after 13 hours in the car and I'm ready to kill myself. We get to Ohio and it's Chris's college buddy. And he's like, dude, when are you ever in Cleveland? This is amazing. We got to go out. So we go out drinking that night, wake up at 6 a.m., drive to Minnesota. And it's the same thing on repeat at every stop. And I was like, we are actually going to die. We're yeah. not going to make it. It was just like a binge drinking week while also driving 13 hours a day. I genuinely don't know how we survived. And dude, the car was 
there were there were two human sized spaces in the car. Yeah. Everything else was our stuff, you know. So like, we would like <laughs> slide in, eating like the packed sandwiches we've made, Ugh. like just farting the whole way. You know, like the car <laughs> is a disaster. It was like. Oh my God. I would love to do the cross country drive again someday, taking our mm. sweet time. That was not, that was not the way to do it, but we made it, got to LA. Yeah. Um, it's been such a journey. So, so we moved out here because we actually are screenwriters. We write for TV and movies out, out in California. So that, that was our, that was our day gig a nine to five, if you will. Um, we're on strike right now, but uh, I was going to say, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're going strong and we had actually worked on a project, a TV project that, um, was essential because we played prep right in in when we were in high school in New England yeah. and we loved the show Friday Night Lights who didn't and we were like man that New England prep is such a cool world maybe there's a Friday Night Lights project about New England prep hockey or something so we worked on a script got into development with a few places and then through a million random connections the the entertainment world is pretty small out here actually mm. I feel like everyone thinks it's massive but it's like the people that work in entertainment around here a, a lot of people know each other so. Uh, our script kind of got passed around and the people here at almost Friday who used to work at agencies that our agents were at, uh, had read it and heard about it. And they were thinking about starting a hockey lateral under the almost Friday umbrella. And they, they tell the story that they were like, God, we have to find like two guys who can write comedy, but also know hockey. And then they were like, Oh wait, the, them, those two guys, that, that was the perfect Venn diagram. So they brought us in and they were like, Hey, here. And we were fans of the page already, you know, the Friday beers, main page and everything loved what they were doing. And they were like, brought us in and they were just wondering what we would do with the hockey page. So we kind of went home and ripped up some ideas just being like, this is what it would look like. Cause it's, it's a little different, right? You know, the hockey community is its own thing compared to the audience that Friday beers main page was reaching. So we goofed around with some ideas, trying to figure out what it yeah. would look like for us. I mean, it's at the beginning, it was a meme page, you yeah. know, like the empty netters Instagram page right. that you see now. I think we post on like Monday and Friday. We do some of those memes as like an ode to the beginning. Dude, that's days. just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I love them. I love doing them. So. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just kind of that. And then after several months of doing it, the guys at the company would, you know, listen to us talk about hockey and they were like, wait, you guys kind of know hockey more than just being able to write a couple jokes about it. And that is around the time when the podcast studio here had, had been acquired. And I kind of mentioned to someone here that it's ridiculous that we don't have more podcasts. I was like, we have a studio. This company should be doing a ton of podcasts. And I think it was two weeks after that where our head of production was like, you guys need to have a hockey podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and to be to be honest, we didn't want to at first. We were we were both kind of bashful about the idea of doing a hockey show. We didn't want it to be too much like the Spit and Chicklets guys. We didn't want it to be too much like Elliot Friedman's show. So we took a long time to figure out how ours would be different, what we would make our calling card and make ours feel unique and stand alone. And once we kind of figured that out, we were just like, okay, I feel pretty confident with this. So we did a couple test runs and then we launched, I mean, last season, uh, still technically less than a year. We, yeah, we launched yeah, wow. last season right at the beginning of the year in October. And so, yeah, we're coming up on our anniversary mark, but it's been a blast, man. I mean, it's, as you guys know, it's, it's the hockey world is small, but mighty and we're growing and growing. And the best part is that we've noticed so far is that everyone just roots for each other yeah. and yeah, yeah. you meet, you meet cool people like you two you get to collab on stuff like this and that's how it grows and you, you get to expand the community and the fan base. And it's just, 
I mean, at the end of the day, we shoot the shit with cool people, talk about the sport we love the most in the world, and that's that. So it's it has been a quick rocket ship, but I'll also a blast, which is great. Yeah, honestly, and and especially like on Twitter, you guys, you guys are so like just engaged so much. It's it's awesome to yeah. see you guys like always. It, it doesn't matter what team. Like we always see you guys engaging like with different, you know, as far as different team news, it, it's just phenomenal to see. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, like, obviously you've had so many guests on who is your all time favorite guest that you guys have had on my in oh, person. And, so and, many. <laughs> yeah. You guys have had some awesome guests and honestly, my favorite has been the PLD episode. Wow. And I, that one I, was awesome. And I think a lot of people, literally talk a lot of shit about pld not knowing who he actually is as a person i think mm. they kind of just see the you know the stories that are made whatever um who is your guys all-time favorite guest that you guys have had wait before you even answer <laughs> yeah. i, I want to say to to the pld thing and i i guess i i won't spill too much tea but we got a message basically from someone within the kings the other day that was like thank you so much because they know that that's what PLD mm -hmm. is like, but the world yeah. doesn't, you know, and they're like, just literally thank you for just giving him a platform to just chill, be himself and, right. and show that side of his personality. And dude, I, I can't tell you how happy that made me feel because that is all we are ever trying to do. I swear to God, man, these guys come in, you forget they're young, dude. Like these, these players, yeah. some of these players come in and they're 24, 25, you know, like they're superstars in the league. I picture them like adults, but they're, they're kids and they'll be nervous. Like they come to sit down with us and they're like, oh, we're a little nervous. And I'm like, you're nervous, dude. Like, we, we <laughs> yeah, love right, you guys. Like, chill like, out. Yeah. <laughs> you're a fucking all star, bro. So, yeah, every time they come in, we tell all of our guests, listen, dude, our entire job is to make you look cool. I just want you to, this is not, it's not a live show. If you mm, want to change, yeah. if you want to answer something again, answer it again, dude. Like, we are, this isn't 60 minutes. I'm just trying to sit down, have a beer if you want, and, and chat about hockey and your story, right? Because, right? and, and I really try, we really try to push that energy and that attitude towards the guests. And I love, some people are more nervous than others, but I love when a guy like PLD can come in to your point, Chris, who has been dragged in the media his entire career. Right. And it was just so sick to just, shoot the shit with him dude he's just like he's a homie he's a homie who's good at hockey and you know has his head on right and that was so that was so enjoyable and i'm glad it resonated with you guys too yeah yeah sure. I, I that makes me so happy to hear just to, to echo that is is pierre is just the best guy and uh i think it was awesome that he was able to feel that comfortable and kind of shoot the shit the way he did and show a lot of fans of just the game not necessarily kings fans or former Blue Jackets or Jets fans that he is just awesome. And there were just certain circumstances. Like yeah. that's the thing. It's the, you know, you guys are going to, are going to learn as you keep growing. It's, you know, you're Bruins fans, but as yeah. you do this more and you talk to some guys, you get some guests on the show. Yeah. The lines get blurred, dude. It's weird. Like yeah. I, uh, we are still Bruins fans, but you start making friends in the league and you start getting relationships with other teams and it gets harder and harder to root, you know, against people. And yeah. it's, it's complicated. So I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I, I, I'm of a couple minds here. It's like, I don't, it's hard to pick because we've had so many great guests. Uh, it gets really hard when there's personal relationships in it. Like my, I'm going to say Tyler to yeah. because Ty <laughs> is a dear friend now. And that episode was so fun. And I just love him to death. Uh, and he's like the best guy in the world. 
But on top of that, there are also episodes that stand out. Jeremy Swayman. Um, I could not believe how incredible Sway is. I, I think I said after that episode, I posted something on our story that was like, if I could get an ear of anyone in the Bruins organization, it would be to give this kid an eight-year deal right now because he is the most special individual I've met in a long time. And I stand by all that. I think Sway is going to be a Hall of Fame goaltender and he's also the coolest dude ever. Yeah. So like he's another one that, you know, is, is a friend now and I absolutely love him. Um, but then there's other ones, you know, uh, Chelios and PK stand out. Like those are two guys yeah. that are just larger than life having a hall. Of, yeah. You know, God. PK will probably be a hall of famer. And, and it's like, you know, these guys are just so cool to listen to. So th those ones jump out. But again, it's, they're all the best, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, yeah. I love all these guys. Okay. I'm going to, he did a couple, so I'm going to do a couple too. Uh, I'll definitely say Swayman for honestly the same reason. Mm -hmm. I, I, it was like, yeah. it was so cool because he was a nice guy. But even on top of that, he was just so, I've never believed in anyone more, if that makes sense. Oh, like I left that interview and I was totally. like, Swayman is going to win three best nights. Like, it was, <laughs> it was incredible. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like, yeah. oh my God. He was so like, I, I, like Dan said, give him all the money, all the years. That was incredible. Um, we got to say McAvoy because yeah. McAvoy was a so early. And did us a solid. Like he did not have to come on. We were brand new, and he, you know, he he stepped up to the plate. And I think we've said this before, but they had their rookie party the night before, and he was <laughs> he, he was hurting, <laughs> dude, tuned up. Like he showed up, and he was like, we were like, we want a beer, and he was like, boys, I need an IV or something. And he, yeah, like he could have canceled whatever, but he came on and was telling awesome stories and just like what a guy. Also, he, we might have said this too, but we've had fans DM stuff like asking you know, for, for McAvoy to sh give them a shout out because someone's going through a hard time in their family and he does it every time. Mm -hmm. And he does, that's not posted. Like it's not in the media. He's not doing it for anything. He's just a truly nice guy who cares about the fans. Yeah. So yeah. huge, huge shouts to him for that. Um, two more. One, Kirby Doc. One of my biggest. I love that episode, man. Dude, like, yeah. like, I was like, what a guy. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, I loved him. With, with that episode, you, I think you don't really – like especially the fans i don't think they really understand like who he is as a human like i think they just see that he didn't work out in chicago and then right. he had to get moved to montreal like i yeah. don't like again i think fans kind of just look at that and are like well he didn't pan out like he's yeah, he's a yeah. bust like yeah, and yeah. that is absolutely not the facts like no there's a whole yeah. other element to, yeah, to like, everything Exactly. Boys, it's it's kind of depressing to say as Bruins fans, but whenever there are people like with PLD, the PLD one's funny because PLD's been awesome every year yeah, of his yes. career, and it's funny when <laughs> so Blue Jackets good. fans or Jets yeah. fans are like, "Oh, this guy stinks," and I'm like, "Well, he was great for you, so I don't know what you're talking about." <laughs> he helped but, me um, win a fantasy hockey championship last yeah, year. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so I I I, I always kind of laugh at the the Chicago fans who slide into the comments or the DMs with Kirby and they're like he's a bust and I'm like dude if if I could speak to you as a Bruins fan uh, you know I think of guys like Blake Wheeler Tyler Sagan all these dudes that we gave up on too early and they're yeah. now yeah watch you know perennial yeah, exactly. all stars I'm yeah. like dude to watch your mouth because one of them yeah, yeah Kirby exactly. is very much in a situation where he's going to be healthy for the first time playing for a great young coach with some great young players. He could pop off for a hundred points and, like and that. That kid, oh, that yeah. one warmed my heart too, because it is easy 
to forget it's a business, right? And and it was I I really enjoyed the parts where he was speaking about finding the joy in hockey again, whether it's yeah. just a change of scenery yeah. or whether it's St. Louis or whatever it is, playing with Cole, you know, goofing around with the boys out there. But it was just really cool to hear him be, you know, because dude, you're a top pick, you're one of the best players in juniors your whole life, you know, and it go you go to an original six team and then boom, you're shipped out. And it's kind of like, Jesus Christ, like my beautiful dream is falling apart. And just to see him enjoying hockey again hmm. was was making me so happy you know like i left that one really being like i hope this kid dominates yeah. moving forward yeah. um and then uh i gotta say adam fantilli because that kid yeah. is my son dude, dude. i love him. <laughs> like i i i texted his agent who's a great friend and i was like yo I've never wanted to be best friends. I like that kid is my best friend, my son, my dad. Like he, he's every yeah. every personal relationship I need in life. Adam Fantilli. Like he's, oh, he's another one. Like we were talking about Swayman. That kid is special. Great. And just you can oh, tell man. from talking to him for five minutes. So yeah, that was that yeah. was way more than yeah, one. That was each, every episode but, we've ever like, done. Listen, <laughs> man, it makes man, sense though, especially from like I mean I I know obviously obviously it's not called like the prospect challenge. He fucking lit it up, dude. Ooh, like, dude. Oh my god. And obviously, I, you know, I was in Buffalo and I got to watch, you know, the Zach Bensons. I got to watch the Maddie Savoys. But I'm, I'm literally looking on Twitter and and Connor Bedard and and you know Adam <laughs> Fantilli are hat trick four goals. You know, you, no, like, nothing big. No. It's dude. It, it's so crazy. I think this Calder race is going to be. Dude, Unreal. people are like people are people are ready to give it to Bedard. Don't sleep on Adam Fantilli. I mean, no. he's playing with guys like Gaudreau and Line A and Wierenski too. Don't forget about that. Yeah. He's got some weapons around him. Mikey, or- that's something I said a while ago. I was like, this kid. I mean, they're they're both freaks, and yeah. you know, it, it's funny to say because Adam went three, but there's a, in my opinion, any other year Adam is the first overall pick, yeah, and. Yeah. It's just this is the Bedard sweepstakes. And then Anaheim had a very interesting situation where they felt that Leo was just more of a fit for their organization, which, you know, was believe what you want. It doesn't matter. But Adam is out of control. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said a while ago, <laughs> Columbus getting the third overall pick is one of the sneakiest, most bullshit things in the world because they have so much talent on yes, that team. So yeah. much. So there is a chance where this is one of those things where, I mean, you looked right now, the early camp lines, Adam Fantilli centering Patrick Line. And I'm yeah. like, well, you know, this could be a easy 80 point season. Yeah, for dude, Fantilli, that's 40 so. assists right there. So Easily. yeah, <laughs> it's going to be something to keep an eye on for sure. And with a new coach too. Yeah. A new coach. Yes. Yeah. Dude, which I'm excited to see how that how they handle it, right? Like it's either I was saying to Dan the other day, it's either going to be a slow start because they're kind of reeling from all the chaos, or you get that new coach bump and they're like, "Here we go, boys!" Like yeah. a lot of energy in the building, yeah, yeah. And that's how I think it's going to go because say they waited a little bit to, you know, I know technically Babcock resigned, but yeah. we all know, you know, but yeah. read between the lines. Yeah. But if they, if, if they waited say like a month into the season and then they did it, I feel like that would have messed up everything for their season. But the fact that they pulled the trigger so early, they're going to be able to have this fresh start with a new coach. I think they're going to hit the, the grounds running. I think they're going to fly this season. I agree. I, I think we were doing our, uh, our, our division predictions the other day. And, I think there's a chance that those guys chip on the shoulders, not the right term, but I think they're going to be very motivated. 
because yeah. of all the bullshit that's gone on. The fact that they are all really, really good players. I think Wierenski's going to come back healthy and be a little eager to remind people of how good he is. So, yeah, I think I think counting Columbus out is going to be a big mistake for a lot of teams. Goaltending yeah. is their only question mark. Yeah, I uh, if one thing if you were if you made me pick like Bedard is the odds on favorite to win the Calder, obviously. But if you took, because uh, I had a couple people ask, like Bedard or the field, and I'm like the field easily, just because yeah. I think there's a lot. Well, first of all, we love Fantilli, obviously. Who else? You, I mean, Logan Cooley's nasty, but the Yotes, I don't. The Yotes aren't aren't going to be that. Good. I mean, are we are we on Calder talk right now? Oh, definitely. I, I, I would love to hear your guys' Calder takes. Obviously, like I think I think obvious the obvious takes are, you know, Bedard, Fantilli. I would love to hear your guys' takes on like some underdogs. Yeah. Um, man, I, I got a few. Ne- you know, I got a few names. I, I obviously, I, I think when it all when it's all said and done, I think it's going to be Bedard Fantilli. But I also have a few names that I'd I'd love to I'd love to hear your guys' take and what you guys yeah. think. I mean, I really believe. Bedard and Fantilli are going to be everything that they are shaped up to be. I think they're both unbelievable talents. I think they're both ready. I think uh, <laughs> you just look at them, look at their bodies. They are both, they're ready. Like they're grown ass men and they are ready <laughs> right. to play in this league. Uh, Mikey just said it. I think Devon Levi is the sleeper. Uh, yep. I think, I mean, anyone who listens to the Empty Nighters pod knows I'm the biggest <laughs> Buffalo Sabres guy in the world. Let's go. Yeah. And, Let's go. and uh, I think that they are making playoffs. I think keep keep sharp eyes peeled on Patrick Kane signing with them. Yeah, right. And I think Levi is going to step into that number one goalie role. I think he's going to get over 34 wins. Whew. And I think he is going – listen – Unless maybe over 34 is a little aggressive. Let's say over 30. I love it though. Fuck it. <laughs> I dude, I, I'm all for it. Yeah. Honestly, like unless Bedard or Fantilli pop off, I think that if if Levi is the starting goalie and gets Buffalo back into the playoffs, that to me is the obvious Calder choice. I'm like that this is what they've been missing. That franchise, that fan base has been desperate to get back in playoffs. And if that kid at his age slides them in, like that's it. But again, the here's the deal. And I'm not breaking news here. The NHL wants Bedard to be to win the call. Yeah, for sure. So so if Bedard has, you know, frankly, even 65 points, he's gonna score 30. If he's 30 top, he's gonna win it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I get it, but if 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 there's anyone out there seeing some nice little prop bets on on Levi for Calder, so I would smash. There is, dude. There's good. So yeah. so put it this way: if I just said if it was Bedard or the field, I'm taking the field. If it's Bedard Fantilli or the field, I'm probably taking Bedard Fantilli. I think mm-hmm. that's just too much firepower there. Levi, awesome pick and good and and uh, good unofficial odds. odds. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw Luke Hughes is a pretty high favorite. Like he's like third favorite. And a big, but, and even as third is a sleeper, dude, people forget. Like, yeah. He Cause is. it's those guys that played a little bit last, like everyone's thinking Bedard Fantilli, but yeah. it's like Levi, right. Luke Hughes. And you um, want to talk about a wagon of a team, dude, dude. like that is like, he here's, is getting inserted into a high powered offense. Here's my deep sleeper. Yeah. Oh, maybe a big deep sleeper is the wrong word, but huge odds boost. Like if you're looking for the value pick mm. and I real, well, I'll say it first. 
it's like 25 plus 2,500 is Matty Nice. Yeah. And I, I, I love that pick, dude. If you're looking for the value play, because I realized recently that I am on the, the Leafs bandwagon this year. Like, I think the Leafs oh. are going to be nasty. <laughs> and if they win the fucking Atlantic, he's just surrounded by so many guys. Dude, you know what like, it is? It's the bunting pick of a couple of years yeah. ago. When yeah. Bunting was like a 26-year-old rookie and he was in the Calder race. And I was like, what, what? the fuck yeah. is going on? But it's because he's <laughs> playing alongside Matthews and Nylander. And, you know, and... like, you know how the Oilers last year, had, yeah. everyone on the Oilers had a billion points. Yeah. Like, if the yeah. Leafs do that this year, and yeah. it's like, wait, does Matty Nyes have 85 yeah, yeah, points? Yeah, yeah, Matty like, Nyes oh, win the Calder. <laughs> Matty Nyes is the low-key Zach Hyman with yeah, 80-point exactly. season. Like, what the fuck just happened? It's a risk, but that's t- plus 2,500. I'm like, dude, I might toss him on that. That's yeah. a value play for sure. Dude, I was going to say, this is, the, this is the most exciting rookie race, I think, dude. that I can remember, at least like during my days. like I, I can't remember a time where there are literally probably 10-plus maybe that have a chance at win, you know, winning the Calder. It's it's unreal. Like it's you mentioned, a guy There's like so Matty Nice, Logan Cooley, also signed a deal with the fucking uh, Arizona Coyotes. Like there's so many, so many guys that have a chance to, you know, win the Calder this year. Um, and Chris, I, the the thing that I think is so cool is there are a lot of them that are on good teams. Yeah, Fantilli, yeah. Nice. Levi, like these are Luke Hughes. These are guys who are on playoff teams, mm-hmm. and that's rare. I mean, right. Co- Bedard and Cooley are interesting ones where I love the Cooley call. I think he's going to be a great pro. Arizona is a tough team right now, mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that sure. Logan has the get go and get yours that Bedard does. Like, I think Chicago is going to fucking stink. <laughs> Me too. But, <laughs> but Connor is just going to go get his. And, and I don't mean that in a selfish way. I just mean that in the way he plays. Right. Logan, I think, will be benefited from as Arizona beefs up a little, continues to beef up a little bit more, get some better players surrounding him. But it is awesome that there are this many rookies on certified playoff teams. That yeah. is rare. Who do you guys like yeah. to call this? Dude, I, I wanted to bring up two guys. Um, obviously, I got the chance to go to uh, to Buffalo and, uh, you know, see the prospect challenge. Dude, Zach Benson, Zach Benson, Zach yeah. Benson Maddie yeah. Savoy. Yeah. Oh, my God. I Dude, I, I watched <laughs> them the entire weekend, and it was, it was seemingly the chemistry that these two have, and it just – you know, I kind of, I kind of got, you know, I kind of started looking forward and I'm like, well, these two are not splitting up like whatever. And you start thinking about, you know, forwards that they might do well with. I think about a guy like uh, Jeff Skinner. I think yep. about a, uh, you know, a Kyle Ocpozo. Mm-hmm. You can't split these guys up. They were, they were literally one and two, the best players that entire weekend. That's sick. And yeah. <laughs> I, it's not close for me, dude. We um, were in Nashville for the draft and I was, we were looking at the board and obviously when, when Adam fell to three, we, we were shocked, but then, you know, pick started rolling in. People had their eyes on Mitchkoff where he was going to go. And every single pick after five, I would say, I kept looking at Chris and our, our producer and I went, I can't believe Zach Benson's still on the board. Yep. Every, next pick. Can't believe Zach Benson's still on the board. And as dude. it got down, he got picked, and again, as a Sabres boy, I immediately posted on our Instagram, Buffalo just got the steal of the draft. Yep. And yep. I got so dude. many texts from our friends in the league that were like, I can't fucking believe 
that that kid just fell this. It, it's honestly, it felt like teams yeah. forgot he was there. Yeah. It yep. was insane. Yep. Every time I, he kept falling. I and then it is no surprise how good he's been. Dude, I couldn't believe it. The fact that they got him at 13, I fucked up it's obviously insane. a couple times. I, I said he went nine. Maddie Savoy <laughs> went nine. You know, I, I was mixing up whatever. I'm walking to the concession stand and all of a sudden I get a shove. And I'm looking over. I'm I'm ready to fucking pop whoever just shoved me. <laughs> I'm like, who just in Buffalo? And all of a sudden, I look over. It, it, it's Zach Benson, fucking with a with a dumb smirk on his face. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I look over. I'm like, no shit, dude. And obviously, he was he was the first guest we had on uh on Drop yep. the Mitts. I messaged yep. him, dude. I was like, hey, any chance you want to come like talk on this random fucking podcast? We have? Like, <laughs> You know, it's, it's garbage, but, like, you know, we do our best. And, uh, yeah, he was all for it, dude. Like, he was like, he was like yeah, for sure. Like, let me know. Uh, just send me a link. And, uh, yeah, finally in Buffalo, man, I I, I was walking to the concession stand to, uh, to grab a beer. And finally, I, I was a little buzzed, I'm not going to lie. But, you know, and, and, and man, all you, of a sudden. Chris, I, Chris, you really are a Boston guy, aren't you? Ready to fight anyone at the drop yeah, of the hat, dude, gas I, and beers. I'm like, who the fuck is shoving me in fucking Buffalo? I go, it has to be someone who wants to go. And uh, it's Zach Benson with a dumb smirk on his face. And uh, all of a sudden, I turn around. I'm like, dude, no fucking way. And uh, I got to talk to him a little bit, dude. He's, he's just the most genuine. You wouldn't even think he's a fucking, like, top prospect. Like, you mm. talk to him, and he's just so funny dude like he's just like yeah you i was like uh can i ask you a couple questions like about last game he's like yeah i got some time he's got like a sure. he's got a he's got a lululemon <laughs> bag with him he's like yeah i got some time he didn't even dress up that game yeah and uh <laughs> yeah so he he was like all for it man he just one of the best humans that i like have met to this day and uh obviously i got to watch him and maddie savoy and like I was like, holy shit, these two are the best players here, like, for this tournament. Like, yeah. it's not even close. Like, obviously, we talk about, you know, the, the Simone Nemics of the world. We talk about the Braden Jaegers, you know, the, the high draft picks. But, dude, between, you know, uh, Matty Savoy and, um, you know, Zach Benson, dude, they fucking lit it up. It, it, it wasn't even fair, dude. Like, they knew exactly where these, you know – you can tell the chemistry that they had um, with the Winnipeg Ice, you know, from the yeah. past season. Yeah, yeah, of course. And th- they just knew exactly where they were going to be at every time. And it wasn't fair. Yeah. And, 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 and not even to mention the other prospects that Buffalo have, the, the Yuri Coolidge's, the yeah, Isaac dude. Rosens. Like, dude, they, they are loaded. Yeah, dude, these are, are these very are, bright. The, yeah. the Buffalo Sabres, I, I, I know you guys were saying you guys are big Buffalo guys. I I am too. I think they're going to – they have a chance to, you know, surpass Boston this year. They have a chance to finish maybe even top two in the division. I think even though a lot of people know that they're talented and they have this, you know, level of offensive power on their team, I think people are still sleeping on them a little bit. Um. Do you, like where do you guys think they finish in the division? Like I, I have them top three, dude. Like easily. I, yeah. I think as we've been doing this, man, and you know, everything changes in the year. There, there are always surprises. Uh, yeah. I think we would all be lying 
if we and take away the president's trophy, I don't yep. think anyone thought the Bruins were going to be first yeah. in the division last year. I was saying they were a wild card, and they, they came out <laughs> guns blazing. So, even as low as I've been on the Bruins coming into this year, just with all the retirements and all the changes, there's also a part of me that's like, I don't know, man, I didn't think they were going to be as good as they were last year, and they blew everyone away. So, who knows? Right? The, the Atlantic to me remains insane, I think. In in the biggest way in years, I hate it. Toronto got better. Like they got better in important yeah. ways too. Yep. Yep. Um, I think Tampa is always still a scary team, but I, I think Detroit is getting way better. Yeah. I love Detroit too. Fuck uh, me. Ottawa, Ottawa too. Ottawa, dude. Ottawa, yeah. Ottawa is getting way better. <laughs> Um, the only the only team that stinks is Montreal. Like that's yeah. it. That's the only But I wouldn't team. even say that they stink, dude. They're they're literally trending. They're upward. going up. They're trending up. Yeah, like, I think I think they had the most points of an eight seed in any division yeah. last year, and they're yeah. better. Like yeah. they got better they got too. Better. Like it's insane. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a bloodbath, but I do think there's there's two things about Buffalo for me. I, I believe. I believe in Harvey Dent and I believe in Devon Levi. Um, and I think that's going to be huge because yeah. the funny thing about the Atlantic is like, you have all these insanely good teams, right? But with the exception of Vassy and, you know, kind of Olmark, there's not really like certifiably elite goaltending in the Atlantic. In, good, good point. Yeah. And yeah. that's it. That is very interesting. And, and I, I, I throw Swayman in that too. Like Swayman Olmark is the greatest goalie tandem in the history of the NHL. For sure. Um, if Levi is what I think Buffalo hopes he is and what I think he is, I, I have them top four. And I, it, again, it's going to be a wire to wire, I think, but I just believe in that team. And I, there's two things for me. One, I think Buffalo is ready. I think the last couple of years, they've just been really fun, right? And like, even last year, they were just really fun. Yeah. You had, you have Tage Thompson who, who emerges as one of the most elite goal scorers in the league. Yeah. Jeff Skinner gets back on track. Darlene asserts himself as a top five defenseman in the league. Then you have unbelievable young players like Cousins. You've got Savoy, Savoy showing up. I feel like now they're going, okay, that was fun, but we want playoff hockey. Yeah. Like and this then, is the time right now. Yeah, exactly. Mikey. And then my next thing is dude, I challenge anyone to find better vibes in the NHL than the Buffalo. <laughs> like yeah. they pass the vibe test. Like that team yeah. is so fun. They all love each other. Like Alex Tuck, Tage Thompson and Jeff Skinner as a line is possibly the coolest, most talented and funnest line in the NHL. Yeah. Their fans only love and support them. There's no bullshit. It's like I I am so excited for Buffalo Sabres hockey this year. Yeah, that's it. No, yeah. I have, and especially when you're talking about their goaltending between Levi and Lukanen, I mean, you could see a situation almost like Allmark and Swayman emerge definitely too. One A, one B, like two guys who are just amazing goaltenders. And we were talking about this, me and Chris, on the Something's Brewing Pod too. You, like they don't even need to be exceptional goalies. They just need to have good seasons and the right. offense is going to carry them. They have the defensive core that they need to carry them through a full 82 game schedule. And I, they're, 
People are sleeping on the Buffalo yeah. Sabres for Dude, sure. They, they would have finished third in the Atlantic last year if they could stop the puck. Like it, right. if they could stop no, the puck dude. at all, they would have been ahead of Tampa. It was no, like they. Yeah. I think they had the second the behind the Bruins. They had the second highest goals for in the league on borderline all season long. And I'm and I'm pretty sure at one point during the season they surpassed the Bruins for like maybe like one or two days. They were yeah. above the Bruins. Yeah. Yep. So if they can tighten up defensively, and if Levi and Lukanen are like locked. No one wants to play that. Oh my god! No. Yeah, it's trouble. No, they're a monster. Dude, and honestly, I I look at it and I talk to multiple, you know, Sabres fans. Obviously, being in Buffalo, and they were so amped up about the uh, the Benson Savoy, you know, combo. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, well, who are you, who are you putting with them? They go, I don't fucking care. Anybody put out Bozo, put fucking Jeff Skinner. It doesn't yeah. fucking matter. Put yeah, Greenway. Like, and I, yeah, that fucking <laughs> Greenway. Like they they were so amped up about it. And when I like being there, um, the only game that you couldn't just walk into was the Buffalo game. It was oh, that's completely cool. packed. Yeah. And it was yeah. it was so electric. And obviously I, I got to be there for that. And oh my god, you couldn't you literally could not just go sit down. Like dude, well, Sabres fans. So yes. Sa- Sabres fans are the best people in the world. And my experience with them has been <laughs> yeah. all last season of me, like jumping on the bandwagon early. Like, I don't know if you guys followed, but like we made this yeah. funny Oregon trail thing that was like checking in on them. Our DMS were flooded with Buffalo Sabres fans being like, Dan, we love you, but shut the fuck up. Like stop, <laughs> stop mushing us. Like, cause I'd be like huge three wins. We're sniffing a playoff spot. And then it'd be like, boom, three game yeah. losing streak. And I was like, this is my fault. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that that's what I was going to say, dude. It's so obviously I'm a giant Bruins fan. have been my entire life. Like, but it's their fan base that has my respect, dude. Yeah. Even, even through the, the shitty bad seasons that they've had, um, yep. the tough times that they've had, I, I don't think they've made the playoffs for what the last, 12 seasons it's crazy but they're still all there and they're, they're oh, loud they're loud the and dedicated fans and and like you said earlier too how kind of like the lines get blurred a little bit as we as we get further into doing podcasting and stuff like that you learn these little things about fan bases and teams and it's it's just the way that their fan bases acted through this time of kind of you know poor play they're all still there and, and knowing that and seeing that it's just like, it, it raises my respect level for their fan base tenfold to the point where they're in my favorite team's division yeah. and yeah. I'm rooting for them to have a great season because yeah. I, I just love everything about them. Really? Yeah, dude, before, you know, before my dad and I, obviously we took the trip, you know, trip up, we watch all the games. They go, well, be careful. Like, don't don't go down the wrong street, man. We we stayed literally across the street from the practice arena from the uh, of the Buffalo Sabers. I I cannot speak highly enough of it was clean. the The entire fan base was just dude. They were so kind. Like they're awesome. Like again, they were just the best people. Like I can't even like. And again, I know it's probably it's preseason hockey. So yeah, take it take it for what it is, but. Man, we we got good food down there. I, yeah. Oh fuck yeah. Dude. Yeah. Like like again, I I get why it's spot. probably people look at it as a shitty <laughs> city. Like 
you know, the weather, whatever, but no, man, they I got Niagara the, Falls. It's cool. Yes. Damn right <laughs> man, I had the time of my life down, you know, up there and, and we had so much fun, man. And, and just seeing all the, you know, the prospects obviously within, you know, the Boston, uh, Boston, Montreal, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, New Jersey, like whatever. We got to see all these kids like come. They were so amped up to play, man. And obviously, like they just again, it was the first like contact that they've been able to have, and yeah. they were so fired up. And I, I was texting a uh, buddy of mine, uh, Trevor Kuntar, who was playing for Boston. He man, he was so fired up. He was like, dude, just to finally have some like contact and just just being able to chirp the other guys. And man, they, they had a blast. It was so fun to watch. Dude, we're gonna be in Buffalo in like two weeks. Yeah. So you're gonna have to hit us with those wing spots after this. Yeah. Fuck yeah, so, dude. so we can be dialed in. Yeah. Dude, tre- so Trev hit me with this one spot. Bar Bill. He's from okay. Bu- so uh Trevor Kuntar, he's from Buffalo. Hit me with this one spot. It was uh uh Bar Bill. And I literally took an Uber there. I told my dad, I go, Hey, do you want to go to this wing spot? And he goes, where is it? I go, it's bar bill. It's like 15 minutes away. He goes, I'm not taking a fucking goober anywhere. (laughs) And I go, all right, dad, well, I'm going, I'm going to go take this, you know, this Uber 15 minutes away. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to go to bar bill. Cause you know, Trev told me to go there and, uh, you know, he stayed behind and man, it was, he missed out. Yeah, he did. He did. But then, but then he texts me, he goes, well, you know, if you're there, you might you, uh, grab me, grab me. Bring a few, you know, bring a few you back. Can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take I, I, I just want to try it. And uh, I got, dude, you're a fucking lunatic. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he, uh, man, it, it was, it was awesome. And I have nothing but good things to say about Buffalo. Like, you know, I, I think, I think it's mostly like a weather thing where like people yeah. are like so against it. I had I mean, so much, I had so much fun, man. Like I literally was sitting watching the game and like Vincent LeCavalier came and sat like right in front of me. Marty Brodeur was literally probably like five feet away. Dude. And he's I a was, legend, eh? Yeah. I was going to go, I was going to go talk to him. He looked so fucking pissed off that everyone kept going up to him. <laughs> and honestly, I, I looked at him. I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to do that to you, dude. Like, <laughs> he's yeah. like, I'm ready to get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Like, he gets mobbed. Oh yeah, yeah he got he got mobbed hard, dude. Well, and... it's funny. It's funny you mentioned Le Cavalier because I have a little, just quick little side story too. I was at uh, obviously we're from the you know Middlesex County, Massachusetts, so New England Sports Center is right down the street. Yeah, and um, I, I'm at this bar with my buddy, and Vincent Le Cavalier walks in about I think it was maybe a, a, two years ago, and he's just sitting at the bar, and, and my buddy's bartending, and I look at him, and he goes, and I go is that Vincent LeCavalier? <laughs> and he goes, dude, I've been wondering the same thing. I think it is like, I don't know, but I don't have the balls to ask him. So he's on his laptop and he's actually right before the draft with, when he was with Montreal and mm. he's, he's looking at Slavkovsky clips oh, and no it way. was, yes. And it was that draft. So, so I go up to him, I, I buy him a beer and I just kind of like start talking to him and I slip in. I'm like, oh, is that uh, Slavkovsky? That's the that's the kid that you know everybody's been talking about. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I ended up I just like kind of just talking to him, whatever, shooting the shit. And he's like, yeah, I think we're gonna take Slavkovsky. 
And I was like, oh my God. Dude, like, you got him wild. hammered. That's the reason Shane Wright didn't go. Ah. Shane yes, Wright that's hates a... you, dude. It's yes. your fault. It's on me. Shane it's Wright me. was eyeballing you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I sabotaged. I sabotaged. Mikey, you ruined like three careers with that. Dude. I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, blame my buddy Cronin at the bar. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that is a fucking awesome story, dude. Holy dude shit. Yeah, that's wild. I wanted to ask you guys. Uh, so like earlier, I posted a uh, – we don't typically do like questions. It's more like a yeah. – uh, so Mikey's the host of uh, Something Sprung. They do the, like, DM questions. And, I, you know, finally, I'm like, yeah, let's do, you know, DM. DM us questions. I got a question from uh, Johnny Lazarus, dude, who <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally is a lunatic, dude. Oh, my God. I love <laughs> that boy. Dude, we dude, we go back and forth. It's so funny. And obviously, he's a UMass guy. So, like, I don't, before you even say what question this is, <laughs> you know what it is? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't. I don't. But I need the listeners to know Johnny is like, he's the third empty netter. Like, yeah. he is, Johnny yeah, is yeah. one of our best buds. And I am sure this question is obnoxious. <laughs> dude, he's so fucking funny. And, uh, like, as we were starting out, I kind of knew that he was like a UMass guy. And, like, oh, yeah. I kind of reached out to him and, uh, like, immediately he was like, yeah, let me know what you need. Like, of course. like Great dude. Oh, my God. Phenomenal guy. And, like, obviously, Dusty in a UMass uh, jersey. And <laughs> just, just such – dude, he's so funny that, like, even his <laughs> tweets, I, like, I can't get over. But uh, so, I, so I posted for the first time ever. Like, this is the first episode. I'm like, yeah, send your questions, like – we're gonna we're gonna answer all of them and and Johnny's the first one, dude. He goes, please ask the empty netter boys, uh, what their viewpoint is on newly appointed captain, uh, Quinn Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a deep cut, too, dude. Oh my god, that is fucking hilarious. Yeah, you have to, you have to tell that story now. Yeah, I I disrespected Quinn Hughes. <laughs> Uh, unintentionally, it wasn't. It wasn't disrespect to Quinn. We were talking about the Kachuk brothers and the Hughes brothers. Yeah, and uh, I think it was the first time we had went on uh, Johnny's, Johnny's show, NHL yeah. live show, and he was like, "Who do you think is going to get the most cups amongst the Kachuk brothers and the Hughes brothers?" And I was like, uh, "I think it's going to be the Kachuks because I just I, I think." The Hughes brothers are, they've just, they're both on New Jersey. I got Ottawa and Florida going for me. And John, it was like, what about Quinn? You forgot about Quinn? And I go, no, the Vancouver Canucks just suck ass. <laughs> but but since that moment, Johnny likes to joke that I forgot who Quinn is, which pisses me off because I, both as a person and a player, I love Quinn. But it has been now a year long running yeah, joke so of good. like, who, it's like, uh, I think they posted that Quinn got the C. <laughs> And uh, I like that. My first comment on the Vancouver Canucks page was like, "Who is this guy?" And like, <laughs> Johnny was all over it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, that joke will never die. It's amazing. Yeah, but we're pumped about it, dude. I, I, he, like Dan said, unbelievable player, unbelievable guy, and I, I love the decision. Right? Yeah. You know, they could have waited. They could have gone someone else. But I love the decision. Give him the reins of that team. It's going to be really cool. And Dan said something funny to me. Uh, surprising. All things considered, surprising that Quinn was the first Hughes brother captain ever. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm no, not sure I would have it, it's, that. Yeah. It's a great, great uh, little badge of honor for him. Yeah. But to quickly gas him up, um, for, you know, for, for listeners and, and fans alike, 
Quinn is one of the great examples in the league of a guy who does everything right. Yeah, he yeah. is. And I mean that on and off the ice, he is such a brilliant player, somehow still underrated. You look at even the NHL's top defenseman rankings. And I think Quinner comes in at like 10 and I'm like, that kid is a top six D man. No question. Yeah. Um, he obviously is a leader. That's why they named him captain. He does it all right with the media. And he is, one of what guys, the top 10 players in the league that gets cameras shoved down his throat all the time. Yeah. And he just always <laughs> yeah. says the right thing. He's personable. He's funny. He's respectful. It's just like Quinn is so Canucks fans. This is me saying, boy, golly, do you have a good one? And uh, like, that's, you, you love to see that when a young guy like that, who's, who's at the top of his game has a long-term contract and gets named captain. He'll be the captain of that team for 12 years. Yeah. Now, I want to ask you, like, you know, obviously kind of off topic. Does him being named captain have anything to do with um, Elias Pettersson? Um, you know, I know I know it's one of those questions that does it have anything to do with um, not, not his lack of leadership, but do you think it has anything to do with um, him possibly moving on uh, this offseason? I, I, it absolutely could, um, you know. To answer it plainly, obviously the Canucks organization and fans aren't thrilled that he has said what he has said. But yeah, the way I'll answer that is let's not forget that Pasta didn't sign last offseason. You know, we went into the year with Pasta being unsigned, yeah. and that was terrifying. But then he signed long term and all is well. I think sometimes these things are more complicated than everyone knows. Vancouver's in an interesting situation where they're they're not really where they want to be in the standings, and then they're also kind of up against the cap. So that could be an issue. I wouldn't look at it as a personal thing. If I had to guess, I would say PD resigns long term there. And as far as the leadership thing, no. I think PD is a great teammate and a great player. And I would guess they look at it as a situation much like the Bruins, where like the last five years, the captains of the Bruins have were, you know, let's go back to even the Chara days, was Chara, Berg, Critch, and Brad. And you know, someone has to wear the C, sure, but there's a bunch of leaders in that room. And I, I would imagine that in Vancouver, Quinn gets the C because of his astounding character, play on the ice, and his leadership. But there's other leaders in that locker room, too, and they all know that is what I would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that you know, I, I completely agree. And I wanted to kind of touch on, you know, two other names that got named captain. Um um, Obviously, we'll start with uh, Braden Shen in St. Louis. It's a great um, pick. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on you know Braden Shen getting named captain? Um, I think they had a couple other names that you know were probably you know candidates. What what are your thoughts on uh, Braden Shen getting named captain? Similar deal, I would say. I'm really happy yep. with the pick. The Blues are another interesting one. I buried them in our prediction. I can't remember <laughs> what I said, but I buried yeah. them. <laughs> And right, rightfully so, though. Yeah, like, right, you know what I yeah. mean. And but I think Shen is a nice because it was O'Reilly last, eh? is right? That right. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I just think Shen is. I mean, he's a great player, obviously, but it just he feels like a great presence for that team to anchor around moving forward. Because you're in, you're in. I don't even know. It's a rebuild, whatever. You're, you're in, you're in um, a, a low spot right now, and you want to build something for the future. And you just need someone who isn't who can rally the team for years to come, right? And it it feels to me like Shen is a good player to to anchor that too if you're going to move forward. Um, so because they had uh, 
they had other candidates too, right? Talk about Vancouver. There were a few names right. that we were talking mm. about when they didn't have one yet. We were like, oh, who would it be? And it wasn't like, it wasn't a no brainer. It wasn't the, the Berg right. handoff after Char, right? They right. had options. Um, and I think too, I don't presume to know what's going down in the Blues locker room. I don't presume to know what's going down in the Canucks locker room. But usually I find when we talk to players and these decisions have been made, the team has a, their finger on the pulse of, of what's going down between periods, you know, before games, like who's yeah. the guy. Cause I thought, I'm sure we're going to talk about Marshy in a second, but he had a cool comment that was like, Berg does so much. Like he's, it's not just his play and he's leading by example. He's like checking in with guys to make sure they're good. Checking in with fourth liners. Like, Hey, how's your headspace? Yeah. You love your role. Right. Yeah. And I'm sure Shen is doing that stuff. Like he's the, probably the guy in the locker room doing things like that. So that the blues organization is like, that's the guy. You know, I'm sure we have a bunch of leaders. Rob Thomas is speaking up. Kyra's speaking up for sure. But Shen is the guy who's who's doing those little things. That's such an underrated part about being a captain in this league. Yeah. You know, yeah. And and I'm 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 willing to bet he he's the guy in there that's got all that on lockdown. Shen for me is very similar to guys like Akposo in Buffalo, Anders Lee in New York, and then um, oh shit, I had one more in mind. But but guys that are maybe not the flashiest name when you name them captain, but they are the uh, Jordan stall in Carolina was yeah. the other That's a good where one. it's like, there's, there's, you know, maybe some more franchise guys who were signed long-term, maybe guys who are lighting up the stat sheet who on paper might look like that. Oh yeah, they should be the captain, but they're just the, the right choice. They, they really are the one who has the ear of the locker room. And I love it when teams yeah. do that. It's, it's just, yeah. I think it always shows a lot of locker room unity. I think the uh, you know one of the other new ones, Lowry getting named in Winnipeg, was a awesome choice. Yeah. So it's um I, I I think that captain in St. Louis is a really good sign of good times to come in the future that they need. So yeah, yeah I, I feel good if I'm I'm the Blues right now. Yeah, you know, and Chris mentioned kind of. The next name that's coming up, uh, Brad Marchand being named captain of the Boston Bruins. Um, you what know, a we, world, eh, boys? <laughs> yeah, dude, we, we've gotten all sorts of fucking reactions. Like, you know, obviously we got the old timers, you know. Not even, not I'm not just going to name the old timers, but just I, I think we've gotten so many weird reactions of like, I think the vast majority are happy with Marshy getting, you know, named captain. And I think for for me personally, I think he is the most um, – he's most deserving. Like, I, I just – you know, I, I look at it and you know what? I, I When it came down to it, yeah, Marshy and you look at a guy like Chucky McAvoy and, yeah, I think both of them are most deserving. But when you're looking at it from the, you know, the centennial season – I look at a guy like Marshy, man, like this, this guy has done everything right. He he's come literally from the bottom up. Like he has worked his way up. He works his fucking balls off, defends his teammates. He, um, he, he re-imaged himself too. Yeah, know? totally. Com completely switched his game. Yeah. Around. I, yep. I can't, I can't think of, and honestly, everyone, you know, I, I see all these guys on Twitter and whatever. You know, I, not guys, but just people in general, you know, all butthurt about, you know, Marshy being named captain. Well, <laughs> that's what know, makes uh, it the best part. That's what makes it the best that's part. That's what makes it so fun. I love I love just fucking sending the little winky faces. It's so funny. And, well, uh, 
I'm curious to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, Marshy being named captain and Sully. I know you got a couple questions for the boys as well. I'll say this, uh, and you guys put it so beautifully. I'm, I'm so aligned. It, it is the upset of the century that the dude that's licked someone's face in an NHL <laughs> game is the captain of the Boston Bruins. Like, what were the odds on that? But, dude. I completely agree with the rebrand. You know, he was this rat out there, but he's a hundred point guy. Now he's a hundred point right. guy. He's an incredible player in this league. And he's been under Bergeron's wing for a long time, by the way, you know, like that. I'm sure he's picked up so many leadership qualities. The quote I just mentioned, he kind of knows what, what it's all about, what it takes to be a captain. So I think that's really important, but mostly for me, it just felt like, or it would have felt like to me as a big to bees fan, if, because they could have given it to Chucky. They, they could have yep. given it to some of these other guys. Like yeah. if Krejci was still here. I imagine it goes there. But other than Krejci, I, and and like let's say they gave it, let's say they slapped the C on McAvoy. Brad wouldn't say anything, and he would show up to the office, and he'd love Charlie, and he would score 100 points again. But yeah. it just it it would have felt unfair to me. Like if they gave it to Charlie, I would have been like, Brad deserved that. I thought that was yes. a perfect word for it. Brad deserved the chance to put that C on after what he's given to this organization. And it's so, more than deserve, right? Yeah, he earned it. Oh too. fuck yeah, and good like, point. You, yeah, yeah, you boys, sure. fuck, you yeah. boys just said that in so many ways, and there are so many funny things. I mean, you guys nailed it. It is the guy who's licking Callahan's face, who's flipping <laughs> Daniel Sedin over his back and yeah. doing chirping all the sh- chirping people on Twitter. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> doing all the shit he's done. It's like, I kind of, I love it. That, that guy's a captain in the NHL, but mm-hmm. there's a reason every year he wins the award of like, you know, who's the guy you hate playing against the most. He's, he's always up there, but he's always up there in the, who's the guy you hate playing against, but you would love to have on your team. Yeah. And I think right. it speaks volumes that a guy like Brad Marchand is training with a guy like Sidney Crosby every single summer that, you know, Sid yeah. is not the type of guy who wastes time with people. And Brad, like you said, Mikey, he did reinvent himself. Uh, he came into the league, won a Stanley cup in one of his first years, went to a Stanley cup two years later, lost. And then I remember in those few years after 2014, 15, 16, there was a lot of talk of, we got to trade this guy. I mean, like yep. he, yep. he was kind of not in this... worth it, right? Like he's causing too many problems. Yep. He's yep. causing problems. Yep. He's like a 60 point guy. You know, he's, he's in, he's still playing that gritty hockey when we had soupy and Thorty and those type of guys. And he doesn't fit in anymore. And then bang, he changed his game and something that people don't understand. There are six people in the NHL who have more points than Brad Marchand in the last 10 years. And I don't understand how many people, how many NHL fans don't understand that. Like he is the elite of the elite and he has been a leader of one of the best teams in the past decade as well. So it it was funny when all those polls would go out, who's the next captain. It was Marshy. It was Charlie. It was pasta Carlo. And I was surprised how many times I'd see those polls and click on one. and, And Chucky was leading Chucky will be the captain of the Boston Bruins at some point and deserves to be as well. But don't you think if they named Charlie, we would all be sitting here like, Oh man, it's kind of crazy that it's not Brad. It would would have a little bit of a hundred percent to it. A little stink. Yeah. And now with Brad being named, everyone goes, fuck yeah. Every Bruins fan goes, (laughs) and every ref in the league is like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. He's like, talk to refs now. Like this is a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) And all other 31 NHL fan bases are like, what? They're just pissed off. It's awesome. (laughs) There's about a hundred NHL refs right now who are going, Oh, I miss Bergie already. Yeah. No, and, and honestly, like, I was the same way. I, I think, like, I put out multiple polls, and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of 
thinking about it, I'm like, there might be a contention, you know, between it's literally Marsha and McAvoy. I yeah. don't think there's yeah. a competition. No. Like, yeah. not that there's a competition, but like, it has to be Mac. Like, it has to be Marsha. It was. It was between those two. Really. Yeah. Like, and and again, you know, I've gotten so many fucking people DMing me, being like, you know, you're an idiot. It, it's McAvoy. We got to We got to start the new regime. And I'm like, no. That's why I, I was like new yeah, re- what yet. do you mean oh. new regime like no martian is dude he's gonna help us transition for the next group of literally yeah, yeah. the next group of he's gonna be the one that's vital yeah. to yeah. you know helping us move on and yeah martian is the captain now it's gonna be mcavoy like yep. it's yeah. just not now the time yeah, right. is not now for mcavoy and it doesn't know? need to be i mean think about bergy bergy was captain for what three years Yep. Like that's you it. know, yeah. it's that's yeah. It. It, 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 that and that's the thing. It's like you know, it's obviously an honor. It's something that these guys want, but at the end of the day, it doesn't fucking matter. Like you're, if you're a leader in the team, yeah. the guys in the locker room know that you're a leader. That's the only thing that matters. People forget right. Bobby Orr never once wore a C on his jersey, so right. yeah, right. doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, I, you know, and 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 keeping the conversation about the Bruins, I want to talk to you guys. Um, you know, you guys have been especially vocal on Twitter, like about. These like PTOs that the Bruins have been signing, um, like not necessarily giving the chances to the younger guys, like, and I'm just curious your thoughts on 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 how that all pans out. Um, guys that you think really could make a difference in the, you know, in the NHL for the Bruins, and and guys that they probably are are really gonna miss on by giving these older guys, you know. The Alex Chasons of the world, the Danton Hine, yeah, you know, we'll we'll name whoever. Are there guys that you think are flying under under the radar that are missing opportunities that are going to be missed by these older guys getting PTOs? Dude, you are fucked now because we're going to talk to you for the next three hours. Yeah, <laughs> no, and, and honestly, I it, it's funny you say that because the same day that you guys mentioned that these younger guys are literally getting like not necessarily shoved to the side but like these older guys and i say why what well, do we have to lose this year by putting of all like- years dude this year yes. of all years dude right, exactly. Ex- exactly dude and, and you i got, got a guy like you got a guy like jacob lauco who at the end of last season i had him penciled in for a third line spot no matter what this upcoming season but then you see them sign obviously danton heinen to the pto alex chase on is the most confusing PTO to me of all. Like, why do you even need him here? You have plenty of guys who can fill that role. Yeah. Why would you not run with these younger guys? Lauko earned a spot. You have Merkulov lining up the AHL. You have Fabian Lysel, John Beecher. Johnny, um, Mark, Be- Mark Johnny Beecher, who you drafted literally in 2019. What, yeah. When the fuck are we going to give these guys opportunities to and, fucking play in the NHL? What are we, we going to bury him in the NHL? Yeah. Are we gonna bury him in the AHL like right. we did Trent Frederick? Yeah. And as and, and as you guys said too, it's like this year out of all years, you don't necessarily have a solidified spot in let's say a top three position yeah. in the in the division this year. Yeah. Play the these way, young guys and let them develop. I love this topic so much. Um the way I look at it is first to address there's there's the obvious, you know, we're fans, right? Like we don't, we don't know what's going on in the For locker sure. room, in the right. organization. Right. There is a chance that this team is buzzing 
in preseason more than we realize. It could be another last year situation. Guys like Zaka and Coyle take that step up and they really embrace the 1C, 2C roles and Bruins yep. are better than people think. Great. Let, <laughs> that, that, that's possible. The, the big thing for me is I, you obviously have guys like Marshy, Pasta, Chucky, Lindholm, who are not here. And like, you know, everyone, but I'm just talking about some of the marquee stars on the team yeah, like the who are not here, yeah. who are not here to miss playoffs. Certainly Brad. And, and I'd say pasta and Chucky too, like guys who just signed long-term big tickets with this organization, even if it's one year, no one wants to miss playoffs. That said, you can still make playoffs giving chances to some of these guys. And my issue runs with, I think you guys both know you've been great with interacting and engaging with us over this past season. We definitely lead with kindness with the way we interact with people. Yeah. But I, I tweeted something the other day. Uh, I think that you were just referencing Chris where I was like, what the fuck? It's so weird that Bruins fans are accepting these PTOs yeah. as the, as the way forward. And for the first time in my life, I stuffed someone in a locker on Twitter <laughs> who was like, who had this old hat bullshit take of like, guys need to put in their reps in the AHL. Look at, look at Charlie McAvoy, look at pasta, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, Pasta played a grand total of 25 games in the AHL. Charlie played four. Yes. Yep, and yep. like, I was like, what are you talking about? And I, look at last year. Merkulov, yes. it was playing borderline at a point per game pace. Lysol had a dude. great, what great board season. What you need to see, right? Like, These guys are playing both right. 30 plus games in the AHL. And now you have this opportunity where the bottom six of the, and, and I'm a huge proponent of, if you have a player like Fabian Lysol, you do not bring him up and play him on the fourth line. That is right. fucking stupid. Exactly. It ruins, right. it right. ruins trajectories. Dude. You make you make him play a type of game that is not his game at all. However, a guy like Jacob Lauko, a guy like Johnny Beecher, absolutely could play on the third line or something like that. But I'm like, Fabian Lysol needs to be a winger on the third and second line this season at some capacity, yes. or I will lose my fucking mind. Because yep. to me, let's let's pick. Um, Alex Chazon and Dan Heinen, for for example, Heinen especially a guy with with history with the Boston Bruins organization. Yeah. Him being a part of this team is great, but is Heinen's ceiling even close to sniffing no. what a guy like Merkulov, Lysol, Lauko, John Beecher, what their ceiling could be in a bottom six role? Specifically, I want to say middle six for for guys like Merkulov and Lysol. The answer is no. And right. I just don't think playing Danton Heinen puts the Bruins higher in the standings as many of these fans think. Like, right. at fucking all. Yeah. We know what Heinen's going to do for us. And that's great. But I don't think we need Heinen this year. I think we need to look at this season as this marvelous opportunity where there's two, arguably two and a half forward roles that are very much open for your young guys. And the bigger thing is, and then I'll shut the fuck up, the NHL is so different now, man. These yeah. guys, these these high-flying skill guys don't need as much time and, and as much of a buffer as they used to. It's like, right. look at it, man. Yeah. Look at these young guys who stepped in. Look at Lucas Raymond in Detroit. Look at Matty Beniers in Seattle. You're going to see it with Logan Cooley and Connor Bedard and Adam Fantilli. It's like 
you can jump right in. And these guys, but I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. They have <laughs> AHL experience. Yeah. So yeah. just right. get, let right. it, let them go. I mean, uh, if it were up to me, and obviously you got to see what's going on with camp. If it were up to me, Fabian Lysel would be starting the season on the second or third yeah. line wing. And I, but, if I'm fucking pissed. It's not going to happen. So it's funny you say that because today I just kind of like brainstorming myself while I was at work. I was like, oh, because my mind constantly is on hockey. It yeah, doesn't yeah. matter if I'm at work or not. <laughs> All the ADHD. All day, yeah. dude. Yeah. I had Marshawn Zacapasta, DeBrusque, <laughs> yeah. Coyle, Lysel, JVR, Geeky, Frederick, Lucic, Beaker, uh, sorry, Beecher, Lauco. Like, why? what is wrong with those lines? Dude, and for me, Sully, it's the – it's you start the season giving yes. them a chance and give yes. them 10 games. Well, you know, you can't have yes, like the quick dude. leash, like one, Walking give that start Christ. the season with them. And if it's not working and you're like, Oh, you guys need more reps or whatever. It is not hard to go. Hey, Danton Heinen, can you just go play third yeah. line? And he's like, yeah, obviously exactly. starting the season with Heinen with these guys on the bench. What does that do for you? Like there's no, what you're going to pull Heinen out yeah. 10 games after yeah. he's giving you exactly what you knew he was going to yeah. give you. Right, that, right. that blows my mind. And I, can, can right. you give me those lines again, Mikey? Yeah, I got you. It's Marchand, Zaka, Pasta, because you can't split up Zaka and Pasta. I agree. Um, DeBrusque, Coyle, Lysel, JVR, Geeky, Frederick, Lucic, Beecher, Lauko. Yeah. So what I love about that specifically, especially on this team, I just I can't think of many better guys, better centers to put a, a young new player like Lysel with than Charlie Coyle. Like right. that is that is a guy who is a great yes. leader. He plays the game both ways. He plays all up and down the lineup. He's gonna get in all the gritty areas so Lysel doesn't have to. And also, I don't know if anyone's seen pictures of Lysel lately. That kid's been hitting the gym in a big he's, way. He's huge. Yes. <laughs> he's huge. <laughs> and then I love the idea of a like the depth of a third line with Geeky and JVR on it. It's yeah. like do you have any idea how J even even at his age and the stage in his career, JVR would feast against yep. other third lines? Yes. And I love that. I love that more than I love him on a second line, honestly. And it's though those combinations to me as an armchair GM make so much sense to start the season with. And I'm just going to be sad when we yeah. have JVR <laughs> yeah. on the second line and like yep. You know, Heinen playing third line wing probably, and I'm like, great, yeah, yeah. this is you know, yay. And even Chris, like, and, Chris and Dan, yeah. I, I know, I know, you guys have put multiple posts out about this, and honestly, I got into a like heated argument <laughs> last night, and it's like, <laughs> I, I can't for the fucking life of me, you know what? For these fucking PTOs, yeah, we can keep giving guys PTOs, but like, what are we doing? We drafted Johnny Beecher. Four years ago, what the fuck are we? I, I first, can't for the first 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 round. round I can't for the life of me. And you know what? The the guy that I was talking to, well, he's got to earn it. Well, he, you know, we brought in Patrick Brown, right? So he can he knows that he's in competition with Patrick. Get fucked, like get get <laughs> fucked dude. for the life for the life of me. I cannot fucking understand why we're not giving giving these guys NHL ice time. I can't. How do you think these guys are going to fucking develop? What by by putting them back in the fucking in Providence for what? Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I'm I'm with you, Chris. I, I have no problem with the PTOs. Like, bring guys in. You know, make camp right. competitive. That's uh, yes. it's the attitude of you know they have everyone to earn it. 
Yeah, yeah. And everyone's saying, like, you know, I love those old hat comments, like, you know, Lysol needs to earn his playing time. And I'm like, no right. shit, dude. Everyone has to earn their playing time. <laughs> but I hate how they're not saying that about Danton Heinen. You know, yeah, it's right. like right. Danton Heinen gets signed and people are like, perfect. Put him right on the third line. I'm like, Even why doesn't like he have Alex to earn Chase it? On. Well, he, well, does Alex Chase on have to earn it? Like, yeah. So, so you're assuming these veterans, yeah, we're going to put these veterans on the fourth line, whatever. Does Alex Chase on have to earn it? Like, we're talking about a Johnny Beecher. We're looking at these two. Well, why the fuck doesn't Alex Chase on have to earn it? Yeah. What? Because he's been in the league for however long. Like, it, it doesn't fucking make any sense to me, dude. Like, especially with the AHL reps that yes. you're saying. Like, it's one thing. Yeah. If no reps at all. But I'm like, they have learned how to play. It's fine. We and obviously is, go on, go on. And the thing is, too, you have a coach in Jim Montgomery who favors younger players as well. Great so, point, why yeah. are you not putting these younger players? who are right on the cusp of making that, you know, that, that leap to the NHL level, put him in now. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I swear to God, if I see Alex chase on in the lineup, I'm going to lose my shit. (laughs) A guy like Georgie Merkulov, a guy like Fabian Lysel, why are they not on the top six? Yeah. Mix it, mix them in there. You're telling me that Georgie Merkulov, one of my hot takes earlier, Sully, you know, I had yep. Georgie Merkulov scoring 15 goals. I love that. If if yep. he's if he is put in the right situation, say a second line role with a Charlie Coyle and a say a Jake DeBrusque, and he's playing the right wing, who says? Like you gotta put these kids in the right situation. It's not about, well, they haven't had enough reps. They haven't they haven't they haven't had enough ice time. They have to fucking get it. So put we know them, what we got. I'd like to know right. what we've got. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. We yes. wouldn't we would yes. not have known what we had in Jack uh Jacob Lauco if we hadn't to put them put him in the in the role of a say a third line wing or whatever. Yep. We wouldn't have known. For he sure. belong he belongs in that role and we wouldn't have known if he didn't get fucking ice time in the NHL. If yep. Jacob Lauco isn't in the lineup I to start the season, I I'm gonna it. lose. Like it. again, I'm, I'm still <laughs> I'm so I'm so fed up with these Bruins fans saying, well, you know, we got to put a Danton Hine in and we have to put an Alex Chase on in. We have to put a like, I'm so fucking sick of it, dude. Like, give these kids a fucking opportunity to play. The only way that they're going to get better is if they get NHL ice time. Not if they're on the first line in fucking Providence. Yeah, that's yeah. bullshit. Like, again, they need NHL ice time. It's not like the the. The difference between the NHL and the AHL, it's night and day. They need NHL reps to get NHL ice time to deal with the NHL speed. That's all it is. Yeah. Like, and and it makes no sense to me. Yeah, we keep bringing in these guys like Danton Heinen. And I think Danton Heinen probably could help this team. The Alex Chason move makes no fucking (laughs) sense to me, dude. The the way that I think about Alex Chason and, say, any other PTO, it's to motivate – these younger guys like the Lysa, like the no, like the Mukulov. I know, I know, but just in the mindset of the front office of the Bruins is to motivate these younger guys to say, play your balls off, mm-hmm. your spots not guaranteed, and if you if you don't work and you don't perform, then we have these guys right here ready to but take again, your spot. So perform. A guy like Johnny Beecher, like, okay, yeah, you're no, gonna no. be you're gonna be competing with a guy like Patrick Brown. Good luck. Well, like he, fuck <laughs> that, dude. Get fucked. 
<laughs> the, the last the last three things I'll say on this are Mikey to, to comment on something you said. Yep. I don't think it's just as much as uh Montgomery favors young guys. He's good for young guys. Yes. He's yes, really, sure. really yeah. good at developing young guys, and that's something that needs to be considered. And then when you think about guys like Georgie and guys like Mark McLaughlin, the Bruins, who's kind of had a depleted prospect pool in a while and we have no fucking draft picks yeah these right. free agent signings like georgie and mark are really strong and you have an opportunity yeah. to build up your prospect pool but you got to play them to do that right and then a name that we haven't mentioned that i think is top yeah. two or three for me is mason lori that yeah. kid oh yeah Shit. is an absolute <laughs> freak and you talk about patrick browns and you talk about alex chazons that are frustrating you when I think about the opportunity of look at our defensive core, right? You know, you lose Orlov from last season, which is a, a tough loss. You know, we looked amazing when we had him in there, but you've, you've arguably got your top four as, as Chucky and Grizz, Carlo and Lindholm. And then we've got this rotation of Zaboral, Shaddy and Forbert. And I love the Shaddy pickup. I love the JVR pickup and the Luch pickup as like these old, you know, vets on a one-year deal who have some history with the new England area. That's great. But the opportunity to throw Lori in the mix there, I mean, I, I look at the chance. I love Grizz, but you put Mason Lori with, with Charlie McAvoy, and like you could, I could see that as a D pairing for the next fucking eight years. Just like they put Charlie yeah. with Z. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. like that when he was yeah. popping. And I just, you know, again, I love Grizz, but everyone's like, you know, who are you bouncing for Lori? And I'm like, I could name three. Yeah. I could name yeah. three <laughs> of that group. I would be plenty happy to, because if you look at Lori's game and how he played at Ohio state, if you don't think that he can keep up and, and be wide, wildly benefited by playing with a top five defenseman in the league than Charlie McAvoy, you're, you don't understand the game. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying do it 82 games. I'm saying, try it, bounce him around, play him with a guy, like a, a veteran, a tough veteran like Forbert for a second, playing with a guy like Shattenkirk for a second. Yes. And yeah. it's just like, we're going to roll this season on that third pairing w with a rotating door of Zaboral, Shaddy, and Forbert. And I'm just like, I can already yeah. feel my head falling I'm, backwards. I'm, Dan, I'm Dan, not even going to lie. I don't want to see Zaboral. I want Lori over Same, Zaboral. Dude. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Dan, yeah. listen, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done. With I Zaboral. love <laughs> your point of, hey, Put him with a put him with a veteran who's been there. My pick, what I see happening, what what I think would be an ideal pairing, you put a, a guy like Matt Grizzlick. Yep. Grizzlick and McAvoy. It works. It's been working. Whatever. You put up a, a guy like Hampus Lindholm and Brandon Carlo. It's worked. It's whatever. You put a guy like Mason Lowry with a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk with controlled minutes. Let him go out there. Mm -hmm. You know what? Kevin Shattenkirk's a he's a, he's a safe defenseman. He's a safe stay-at-home defenseman. Let Mason Lowry go out there and fuck up because you know what? As a rookie, he's gonna fuck up. Of course. It, right. It's natural. Let him play with a guy like Kevin Shattenkirk. Let him learn from a guy like him. And you know what? Yeah, you got a guy like Zaboral, you got a guy like uh Forbert, you got, you know. Uh, Riley Walsh, whatever, in in the pipeline. Why not, dude? Like, I, I can't for the life of me understand these guys, these people that, well, no, 
we need to have Derek Forber on the left side, you know, third pair. Yeah. I can't, I can't for the yeah. life of me. Well, why not? Why not put a guy like Mason Lowry? Go out well, and let him fuck up. Like, you know what? And if he does fuck up, send him back to Providence. Let him get some reps down there. Like, what's the worst that can happen? I can't for the life of me understand it. Listen, I would very respectfully put Mason Lowry on the third pairing with respectfully. I'm telling you both, Chris, you said it. Very, I would very respectfully tell you to I'm, I'm telling you both. You just said it, Chris. I would put him with Charlie like that. Yeah. I think I, I would think, t- I think yeah. it's obvious, and I'll tell you why. Charlie did it. Charlie came in from yeah. BU and was immediately put with Zidane Chara. And look That's what that did point. for his game. So, Mason yeah. Leroy is a left shot defenseman. Put him with Charlie. And then let a guy like fucking Grizz play with Shattenkirk. Like that is perfect. I, 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 you guy? Yeah, why not? Dude. I love Grizz, but I, it's another one of those things where it's like, I know what Grizz is going to do. And I look at the way that Devon Taves and Kale McCarr play with each other. And I'm like, you could have that in Lorai and Charlie. Well, Charlie said on their left, show. right shot. It's, it's exactly what Charlie did when he came into the league. It's, it makes so much sense to me to try, to try yeah. it. Charlie said on our show, like you were just saying, Chris, he fucked up all the time. And Z never yelled at him, you know, just kind of coach him, teach him what to do. You know, here's here's why this was wrong, whatever. So Charlie's very equipped to do the same thing to the next new blood. You know, yeah, I love it. Which is Lorai, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I can't for the life of me understand. It, it's just, I love I've, I've gotten roasted so many fucking times. Well, no, he's not ready. Yeah. He, he, needs, he needs top pair AHL minutes. And it's like, for why? Like, put why not? Throw him in there just like we have every other young defenseman that has thrived. We look at a Charlie McAvoy. Did Charlie McAvoy get fucking – did he have to go to the AHL first? Nope. He got thrown right in. And I will I think- say this. I don't know if this means anything, but a couple of photos released the other day of the boys at prospect camp, and Lorai was rocking a bucket with the TD – advert oh, on yeah, it yeah yep <laughs> yep yep and i just really hope, like that very i hope and, that means something and he had his actual number too he was yeah. rocking his actual number yeah but nice man it, like you guys were saying earlier too like this is the year to do it because yeah. there's there's no real you know expectations for this team yeah coming into the year and I mean, there's a lot to be excited about with these young guys. You got Lysel, Merkulov, Lorai, uh, Beecher, McLaughlin. Like, like it, as a guy and as a fan coming off of this insane season that we all watched last year, if you want to keep that excitement level up, I don't want to watch Alex Chase on. Yeah. I want to watch Fabian Lysel. Yeah, he's meh. I want to watch Fabian Lysel. I want to watch Merkulov. I want to see guys like Lorai in the lineup. Like... Yeah, people acting like they're bad too, or like they're completely unknown. Prospects. Oh yeah, I'm like they're right, they right. they're good. <laughs> He's a first round pick, dude. It's frustrating him. It's like you look at the examples of of Charlie Pasta, um, Carlo, even like guys that were you know good draft picks that we just threw into the lineup and it works out. And it's yeah. like you got to stop, you know, tickling the balls of us here. Like let these guys get a rep. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I I think just especially at this point, it's like. I think a lot of people are are kind of tailing on the expectations of, and, and kind of just tailing on last season. Like, yeah, they we're coming off 
top of the you know top of the Atlantic, top of the NHL for that matter. It's like that's, that's just gonna not going to happen this season. Like <laughs> maybe, again. maybe, ever, like ever maybe in a in a huge miracle. But like, so yeah, yeah, we can toss a a Danton Heinen. We can toss a, a Alex Chase on. We can toss a fucking Patrick Brown. But why? We have we have yeah. guys like Mark McLaughlin. We have guys like Trevor Kuntar. We have guys like Georgie Mikulov. Why? Like what? Like what do you think these these younger guys are going to learn from these guys? They're disgruntled to be here. You listen to a guy like Alex Chase on. He doesn't want to fucking be here. He doesn't. It was his last ditch effort. Yeah. He probably it was his only fucking shot. Which again, nothing against him, but I think that's tough. I think that's <laughs> taken out of context. Yeah, I, I I do I think, too. Yeah, I think too. his man, quote was man, like, that, dude, man, that, man, that interview was tough to listen. No. Yeah, but Chris PTO suck, dude. Like, they, I think that's do. why it's taken out of context. I think he they, was talking about the fact that he's like, dude, I want to play in this league and I'm doing PTOs and I have no options. Like, this is a shitty I, feeling. I think I it was think more. Was I, I think it was more along the lines of like frustration. Like, I just want to. Yeah. I just want stability. That's all I want. Do you think he has a legitimate shot, though, of making this team? Or would you rather a guy like, say, a Lice? Not not a Lysol because he's not going to be playing on the fourth line. But, like, I'm a Glopplin. The answer is I'd rather literally any of our prospects make it. Because that is how (laughs) you build the team. But, like like I said... I'm all for PTOs. Bring in the competition because you never know what, what who pops off and is going to be a great fourth liner. Right. Right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for fucking ever. Yeah. Right. No, it, I, it no, is, yeah. It is nice was, that we're on the same page. I was going to say, if you guys wanted to jump into this, uh, so I, I obviously with your podcast, you guys are all into the blind rankings, the top yeah, fives yeah. of things. Yeah. Yeah. Love it, dude. So I, I had one drawn up right here. So it's blind rankings of fan bases, top five oh. fan bases in the league. So no order, obviously, in particular, yep. but we'll start off this blind rankings with Philly. Wait, 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 hold on. Are we are all are all four of us doing this together? Or is this just for us? Um, Chris, do you want to join in on it? Because yeah. I already I already know all five, so yeah, I kind of already know. Yeah, so that's fair. Chris, you yeah. get in with us. Yeah, 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 yeah. You three, you three, and and it's like we're. Is it their passion? I guess it all it encompasses everything. Yeah. Even if they're, yeah, yeah. if they're shitheads, if they're passionate, maybe that's a perk. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, it encompasses everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. All right, so we'll start with Philly. <laughs> I fucking knew they were going to be on this list. <laughs> um, I'm going to say four. Okay. Oh, my God. Chris. <laughs> but it's yes. savage. Man, I bet, they, I've, they been like there. Their I've been there, unfortunately, and they're not Philly the worst. But, everything, uh, though, dude. Yeah. Philly fans are savages. Um, they boot Santa Claus. <laughs> but I do, <laughs> I do love that they love hockey and they love the Flyers, but they're kind of savage. They do they, I feel as though they're quick to, I think, I feel like they like the Sixers and the Eagles more. I and, agree. and, and if the Flyers are good, they're in it. But if the Flyers are having a bad season, they're like, all right, catch me next year. Yeah. I they agree. definitely like the Phillies more too. Oh yeah, yeah, probably. So I'm down to go low. I'm down to go. I can't. Oh my god, these you are so tough because you don't you know can't who's coming. Put them last though. Like no, that's, can't. no, no, no. I I was gonna say I can't go lower than three. I but, said, ooh. dude, four is that. That's it for me. 
If you guys want to go for, we okay. might be burying the fly. All right, let's go for it. So? Let's go for it. Yeah, let's right. go for it. I'm showing respect to Philly. I would have gone three, but let's all right, go we're for going it. for it. All right. Uh, so next, we got Chicago. That's a easy like two that, for me. That's a two. Oh, for me. dude, here's the thing, and and I don't, Mikey, don't even react because I don't want to know. But yeah. the, I almost feel like there's six Canadian teams that have to be would be one through six. Oh no way, dude, no way. I I don't put like Vancouver. maybe Vancouver. No, no, yeah. no, not I don't put Vancouver. I don't no. put Ottawa. I don't put Calgary. Like, and also like you said it's all encompassing like toronto fans are passionate but they're the fucking worst yeah, i know I mean, but that's kind of a it's endearing yeah like they're <laughs> lunatics okay i'm I'll... going chicago hard too i'm i'm going to all right i'm good with two let's right. go two all right two all right next we got new york rangers fans five <laughs> i fucking <laughs> there you oh my god i so easily five it's the easiest thing i've ever done they're the worst <laughs> and, and again everything with me comes from a place of love like i love them but god almighty they're the most loud mouth cocky fans in the world <laughs> they haven't fucking sniffed alloy since 94 get five. i will hey sully we're gonna, we're gonna tag johnny in this yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And jo- Johnny would be the first to know I was coming with a five there. I will say, dude, we, or at least I think you might actually pick them, but I picked Devils in seven last year for round one and got fucking lit up by the comments. <laughs> like, oh my God, the fucking Rangers disrespect. And then Devils in seven, obviously. Yeah. And I was like, grow up, dude. I'm good with, I'm good with five. I think so honest. too. Obnoxious. Yeah, Obnoxious people. <laughs> All right. So next, let's go with. This is when it Boston, go oh. oh, come on, Mikey. You can't do that. I gotta me. do it. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. Okay, so here's the thing Boston loves hockey, they really do. Yeah, and Boston sports fans are really passionate. Obviously, we're biased because I know most people hate Boston sports fans just because we're in the way we hate Philly yeah. sports fans, right? right. So, like, I'm, I'm willing to count that in there, but no one can deny the passion. My fear, though. Is we put them one, there's a couple of hammers that could be coming. There are a couple, of ha- but here's the problem there's a couple of duds too. I know, <laughs> yeah. I... Do, do you think they're better than Chicago hockey fans? I think, objectively, yeah, I, think yeah. so. I think so. I think, but so. I, uh, but I want to be clear with like the, with these rankings, I put Boston fans, Chicago fans, all they're all at one in tape. a bucket. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying one is better than the other. I think Boston yeah. fans are elite. I think Chicago fans are elite. the the fucking. Also, four. let me be clear. I think New York fans are elite too, but Rangers fans, you're just annoying. You're elite fans, <laughs> but you're annoying. It's fuck. Okay, so do we? What do we Especially think? One led by uh, Johnny Lazarus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah, Laz. God, I love him so much, but Rangers fans are He's terrible. So funny, dude. Um, we gotta go one. So the four Boston the fix is in. Yeah. We gotta go one. Boston, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we gotta go one. Fuck it, fuck it, own it. Let's do it. All right, so Boston <laughs> one. Last team here, the Habs, Montreal Canadiens. Fuck, clear one. Should have been a clear one. Damn it. Yeah. Damn it. That, might that be was the my only fear, one. dude. Oh, my okay. God. Well, they go three, but I, I will say Boston. Sully fans, set us up. He yeah, did. he did. That, that was fucking that was hell. Upset. Bruins fans, Hawks fans, and Habs fans are all at at the same table for me. Yeah, but for sure. Habs fans yeah. might be head of table, dude. And like, I will say, are. I loved Chelly. Chelly was told that that story where he was like, it was funny playing in Montreal, and 
you'd make like a bad breakout pass and get booed because yeah. they fucking know the game. And then yeah, in right. Chicago, yeah. he's like, we'd be losing five, one in the third period, but I would just lay somebody out and the crowd would go ballistic and be yeah. like, yeah. great night. Yeah. Like <laughs> Chicago fans love hockey, but it was those Montreal fans. He was like, yeah, they know. That, hockey. That's yeah, a big apology to, that's a big apology to Habs fans. Yep. They, they are, <laughs> I think they are the goat fucking Habs. They're yeah. yeah. ourselves. <laughs> Honestly, it's funny you guys bring Chelios up because I think the last thing that we kind of wanted to touch on was um, obviously Mike Babcock was fired with uh, Columbus. And um, I think just overall a fucking bizarre situation. Like I I don't really have much to say on it myself, but I'm curious on, um, you know, your guys' thoughts on this entire bizarre situation. Like what, 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 Overall, like right off the bat, like what were your guys' thoughts um, when you first heard it? Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on him, you know, resigning? Um, like, I, I just want to get your guys' yeah. thoughts on this whole fucking thing. Dude, we, uh, the pod we dropped, would that come out today? Yeah, the pod that yeah. came out today, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I will say this uh, clearly, he was doing, clearly, some shit was going down. And if that's the case, good. I'm glad he's gone. Uh, I know you have something to say, so I'll take one half. You take the other. The half I'll talk about is, and you guys are starting to experience this too. In platforms like this, you can't just run your mouth about stuff you don't know about, or you shouldn't. Some people, plenty of people do, but you certainly shouldn't. And it bothered me. Obviously, we know the Chicklets guys well, so I don't want to ignore that. They're friends. But it bothered me the reaction of of hockey twitter hockey world acting like biz would ever just make that up like yeah <laughs> obviously this has been triple checked yeah. and you know what i mean like it's it was just it was insulting to me that people thinks he takes that job so not seriously that he could just make up something he heard at a bar bathroom or whatever right. you know and i obviously he proved to be right hindsight it's easy for me to say now but just that the platform that they have is important and he takes those scoops very seriously they all do and I could not believe the reaction from the world that was like, this is not a reputable source. And I was like, yes, yeah. it is. Like, it's what the fuck are you talking right. about? Yeah. yeah. Not, not like he's on a national broadcast Dude, or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, right. You know, and, and Chris, not to, you know, not to interrupt you, but the fact that he has made it as far as he has. Right. Um, you know, let's not forget that he, you know, again, he's unbelievable guy. Like, he, you know, he's a fourth line grinder guy that, you know, he just a funny guy that why would he risk it all on a, on a guy like Mike Babcock? It, it makes no sense to me. And, you know, when, when you kind of take a step back and look at it, it's like, is he going to risk his entire fucking reputation? His, you know, TSN, all this shit on a guy like Mac, Mike Babcock. It yeah. makes no sense to me. So you think he's just going to fucking make this shit up. It makes no sense to me. And, you know, to your point exactly, like, he has a lot to lose, man. Like, he's not just going to make this shit up. Like, this is clearly coming from, like, reputable sources. Like, and obviously, you know, this, uh, not to name names or whatever, but, like, again, this clearly has been happening for years and years. And, like, you know, you you think about these kids that, like, yeah, their, their dreams just came true. Like, they just got drafted in the NHL, like. My son, who, dude. Who is gonna have <laughs> Adam there? Yeah, yeah it's like, 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 like who is gonna fucking tell on their boss? Like, think about it from like a normal like nine to five job standpoint. Like, you're not gonna fucking 
squeal on your boss that like it, it just it, it's so crazy for me to think about and like I think about these kids that like all they want to do is play in the NHL all they want is a chance and like all they want they're not going to risk their fucking like like they're probably fucking scared to think about it like yeah. I, I just can't even I think about an 18 18 year old kid it, it it's disgruntling to think about like yeah if I'm an 18 year old kid I just got drafted in the NHL like I'm not going to fucking squill on my fucking head coach. Like it's scary to think about. And like, it's just this entire thing is so fucking crazy to think about. And honestly, Dan, I'm curious to get your take on it too. It's an abuse of power. Absolutely. That's the, one of the things that bothers me the most. And I think at the end of the day, what Chris said, you know, we at empty netters and I think you guys as well, just like chicklets, like we're a players podcast, man. Like I love the game and we love every, every aspect of the NHL. It's the best sport in the world. It's one of the best leagues in the world. And at the end of the day, we're going to stand up for with whatever platform we have, these players and these amazing people in the league. Uh, never do I want to call for someone's job or see a situation where someone's losing their job. But at the same time, this was a situation where I'm very proud of Biz for for speaking up and then sticking to his guns. Yeah. And then I also have to say I'm proud of the NHL and I'm proud of the PA yeah. and I'm proud yeah. of the Blue Jackets and yeah. I'm proud proud of Yarmo to to do what needed to be done. And it's a shame that it happened, no doubt about it. And at the end of the day, Babs has had great moments in his coaching career. He's got a cup. He's, he's been to it many times and good for him, but ultimately this is bullshit. It's, it's fucking stupid. It doesn't build any sort of team camaraderie. It doesn't help your players develop. It doesn't help your rep, your relationship with the guys in the locker room. And it doesn't deserve or need to be in the game of hockey or the NHL. And I think it's great that all of the steps happened to lead it to getting out of the NHL. That said, you know, I know you said we'll touch on it quickly and, and that's what I think it should be is like I said, I think the, the end result here is a positive one. And now I'm very excited for the blue jackets to move on. I, I don't want the players to have to have to do interviews about this, talk about this yeah. anymore. I don't want the blue jackets to deal with this anymore. They've got a great coach in Pascal Vincent, who's been putting his reps in for years finally gets the head coaching job with an exciting young core, good vets on the team. And I'm, I'm just pumped for Columbus to get rid of a shit situation quickly and swiftly. And now get on, get back on track basically is, is what I think in, in that you found a bad situation and you turned it into a good one and, and everyone's heading the right direction. They'll never admit it, but I, I bet there's a bunch of guys in that locker room that are fucking pumped. I agree. Oh, like, so, excited. Yeah. so excited. So yeah. excited. Yeah. yeah. You know, and that's I, that's why I think they're gonna run out of the gate hot too, because they're like, all right, too. don't you have to worry about this guy anymore? Yeah. Like, let's just yeah. focus on the game and and roll. Yeah, yeah, you know, I I hope not only for the you know the Blue Jackets organization, but I think just the NHL as a whole. It's just it's a learning experience. It's these guys that are older, um, and just these these old ways of thinking. It just, um, obviously we're seeing the NHL move in a new direction. I think. It, it, it's a good thing overall. Like I think overall, Yarmo Kekalainen, I think 
the entire the entire process played out the way it should have. Um, and obviously, you know, with him stepping down, I think obviously it's like a bold take, and I don't think he should ever get another job, you know, in the NHL no, he again. Won't. No, no, he won't. And, no. and I, I, I really hope for these kids, and obviously it's a shitty situation for them to be in. Um, but overall, I, I, it worked out the way it should have. Um, the process played out the way it should have. Um, and he ultimately, you know, is where he should be. Yeah. And do the last thing is, I hope this is a, a lesson and a opportunity of momentum for the rest of the teams in the NHL, give new guys a shot in the head coaching role. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. for the love of fucking God, yeah. it's like, you look at Bednar, you look at Haxtell, you look at Monty. It's like, absolutely dude. trust some of these young dudes, man, give them a chance and, and give guys a, a first chance. And yep. I mean, look at Cassidy. He, you know, right. he's not necessarily a younger guy, but he got his first shot at the head coaching role. And, and you know, I think he was in Washington and then he wound up in Boston yeah. and did great things in Boston. Then he goes to Vegas and immediately wins a cup. It's like, give new guys a shot at head coaching yeah. roles. Stop hiring all these dinosaurs. You don't need to hire a fucking dinosaur because it feels like the safe bet. It's, right. it's, and and I hope this is another example of like, try it, give them a yeah. chance. And, and not only that, too, but I hope it's a wake-up call to all the older coaches in the league, too. Like, this stuff is just not tolerated anymore. Oh, cut the like, shit out. Okay. Yeah. 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 Be a player's coach. This is – it's just the age we're in now. No more bullshit. No more dogging guys yeah. or, 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 you know, digging into their lives. Like, it's sure. just not – it's not cool. It's just not the way it works anymore. So, no. yeah, fucking, hopefully that's a wake-up call. fucking creepy. Also, do what it is, Chris. If I were creepy. if I were on that team and Babs grabbed my phone, I would be like, "Are you sure you want to do this, dude? Yeah. You want right. to look through my camp, my I'd... fucking photo album? It's gonna be a disaster was... for you, dude." I, I was telling Sully, Nightmares. I'd have made I'd have made sure I'd have a fucking hog pick right yeah. on the fucking <laughs> first pick available. And exactly. that would have been the last it's my, time. It's my background, dude. My phone. Don't yeah. even need to go through the yeah. fucking camera roll, pal. It's right here. Uh, yeah, it's my lock screen. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys uh, you guys have anything else for us before we wrap this up? No, dude. Honestly, I, I uh, you know, for me especially, like, I can't thank you guys enough for, uh, you know, taking the time. And I know you guys are busy guys, and especially New England guys. Like, I can't thank you, you know, I can't thank you enough for uh, – for taking the time to fucking join us dude it is unreal yeah yeah no, dude. It, guys it was it was so much fun um yeah. just kind of just going around the horn and shooting the shit about the nhl yeah. um it's awesome and and like chris said too we can't thank you guys enough for giving us the time and and uh coming on our pod too to just kind of just talk nhl dude it's awesome um yeah like we're we're, we're kind of relatively new to the scene but I mean, we love doing it and meeting guys like you two, um, meeting guys like, you know, we've had on the pod, like Kuntar McLaughlin, guys like that. It's just, it's just fun. It's an experience. Um, and it's, it's something that we love and, and are passionate about outside of our actual jobs in real life, I guess you could say, yeah. but, um, I, I mean, it's awesome that you guys came on and, and were willing to talk to us. So we're, we're yeah, forever I had, thankful. I had an absolute blast. Yeah, that was amazing. Really Let's guys. do it again. Yeah. Let's, yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta get some like mid season bets going or something. So yeah, we'll for sure, for yeah. sure. You know, yeah. and you guys, you guys are just like an inspiration because you know, you guys, you guys started this whole thing, you know, your empty netters pod as you know, you guys are fans of the game and 
you just kind of the way that you kind of took the bull by the horn and just kind of started making content and man, you, you just, you put a lot of smile, you know, smiles on people's faces. And I think that's all we want to do. You know, I yeah. think that's all anyone wants to do is, you know, provide content that, you know, people enjoy, especially hockey content. And, you know, we're kind of trying to do the same, just, you know, giving hockey content and, um, you know, putting smiles on people's faces, um, providing hockey stuff that people enjoy. So we're kind of just trying to do the same things you and, you know, that you're doing. And we really appreciate you guys coming on. Dude, that was incredibly nice. Thank you. Yeah, I and agree. You guys are doing the same thing. And like Dan said at the very top, I think this is um, the hockey community small. It's chill. And I love, we love helping each other and, and, and being a part of each other's work and lives and everything. So let's keep it up. Yeah, man. It's a truly, it, uh, we appreciate all that so much. And, and it was our pleasure. Like this is a blast. Just, chatting the game we love it we'll we'll do it more and we'll be in boston soon so we'll uh we'll have to get together and gas a beer hell so. yeah. yeah yeah for, for sure, sure. <laughs> for sure man well guys that is episode 13 of drop the mitts Ho- hockey podcast joined by dan and chris powers of he- empty netters podcast um guys we can't thank you enough for being on uh hopefully we get to see you guys in the future and get some uh you know get some hot takes from you guys so <laughs> thank yeah. you guys thank you guys so much for being on Thanks, Absolutely, boys. boys. Thanks for it. See All right. Boys. Take care, but take Sick, care. Sick, guys. <laughs>